You've tuned into The Dr. Lowe Show with naturopathic doctor, Dr. Lauren Noel, where you hear the best in natural medicine, nutrition, and mindset from the world's top doctors, authors, influencers, and Dr. Lowe herself. Trying just to pop a pill for a symptom? You've got the wrong exit. Seeking doable ways to live a happier, healthier life and have fun doing it? Welcome to The Dr. Lowe Show. Hello, my loves. Welcome back to another episode of Dr. Lowe's show. I am your host, Dr. Lauren Noel, aka Dr. Lowe. Thanks for joining me for another awesome episode. I've been doing this show almost 10 years now. For all of you who have been with me the whole journey, big old group hug. We love you guys. Thanks for the support. If you're new to the show, welcome. I'm a naturopathic doctor. I'm based here in Southern California in San Diego. And, um, I actually am still in, in clinical practice. I see patients locally here and I also work with patients all over the country via phone. And, um, my specialty would be areas including, um, hormone balancing, fertility, as well as autoimmune conditions like, um, you know, fibromyalgia, rheumatoid arthritis, Hashimoto's. I also work a lot with digestive disorders Um, and so, yeah, that's a lot of what I do. It's a lot of fun. Originally what brought me into this form of medicine was a lot of my own health issues. Back in the day, I had a face covered in acne. I had a raging thyroid issue that I, nobody could figure out. And it wasn't until I saw a naturopathic doctor who helped to turn my health around and I was just blown away and I was forever a fan of naturopathic medicine. So, um, it's a lot of fun what I do. If you are um, into kind of the fertility area, I created a course called Golden Eggs Fertility, and that's been going really well. I've loved having so many of you as my students and gotten a lot of you pregnant, which has been really exciting. Um, if you would like to learn more, you can learn more over at goldeneggsfertility.com. And um, yeah, and my clinical practice is Shine Natural Medicine. So um, if you have been listening to the show and you, maybe you want to get some testing done, maybe you want to get your thyroid looked at or get some, you know, hormone testing, looking at your estrogen or progesterone, or maybe you've been trying to get pregnant and you're having issues. You want to get some testing done. I would love to work with you. I love working with patients. It's so much fun to be able to, um, you know, get all of the data to see what you need because everybody's so different. So it's all about treating you as an individual. Um, so yeah, so I'd love to work with you if that is something that you would like some support with. All right, before we jump into the episode, I wanted to give some love to our show sponsor, Paleo Valley. Okay, you guys, I'm very, I'm just, I'm kind of a cocky mom right now because my one-year-old is actually drinking fruits and vegetables. So I feel like I have kind of this like extra confidence about me. But this is because Paleo Valley has made a really, really amazing product that tastes really good that my baby Zion is actually really enjoying. So let me tell you about this product. Um, okay. So basically this is a super greens that has just check out these ingredients, 23 different organic superfoods. So kale, broccoli, spirulina, spinach, kale, sprouts, cabbage, cauliflower, collard greens, parsley, broccoli, sprouts, turmeric, carrots, ginger, lemon, strawberry, blueberry, raspberries, beets, tart, cherry, elderberry, cranberry, and monk fruit. Can you guys believe that? Does that sound so good? And my child is getting this in every single day. It's in a powder. I put it in some water. I shake it up. 
and he drinks it down and it's so good. And I'm just, I'm just so excited about this product. I've been prescribing it for my patients lately. And I just think this is a must do. If you don't consistently get like six to 10 servings of fruits and vegetables, which is what's recommended now, then this is something that's just a really easy way to supplement that. So you just do a teaspoon every day in some water. It tastes really good. And I'm so excited about this, this, um, product. So you can get yours over at paleovalley.com and at checkout, enter Dr. Low and you'll get 15% off. So DRLO. And yes, it's even good for toddlers. All right. Enough of me rambling. Let's jump into the show and I hope you enjoy it. I'm excited for this topic. We have Victoria, is it Albina or Albina? Albina. Albina. She is a certified life coach and certified breathwork meditation facilitator. She has a passion for helping women realize that they are their own best healers. She's a UCSF trained family (laughs) nurse practitioner, has a master's degree in public health from Boston University School of Public Health and a BA in Latin American studies from Oberlin College. How cool. Victoria has been working in health and wellness for over 20 years, and she's in Brooklyn. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I love having you, and you're, you're a new guest. We're newly acquainted with each other. We're on opposite sides of the country, and um, I'm looking forward to diving into this topic. This is one that I think so many, especially women, really resonate with. Do you mm. find that women kind of deal with this a little more than the guys, or what do you, what do you see for that? Yeah, I, you know, code, anyone can deal with codependent thought patterns and those thought habits that yeah. look like codependency, putting other people ahead of ourselves. Mm-hmm. But I do find that humans socialized as women are trained more to do this, right? That we see our moms and our grandmas and our aunties really putting everyone ahead of themselves chronically and chronically neglecting themselves. And we learn what we see, right? So. Yes, I exactly. do see this more. It, yeah. 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 And why is this something you're into? Is this something you had to overcome for yourself or did you see this a bunch working with people? Combo. Yeah, I definitely know that uh, in my history, there was a lot of codependent, perfectionist, people-pleasing thought habits. And it's a big part of what kept me really, really sick with GI concerns for a very long time. And healing it was the, was the final frontier mm. in taking my health back. Wow. That's amazing. And, and you saw a big connection there with the emotional, physical, or so the mental, emotional, and the patterns and, and that being connected to your GI, right? Did you notice that, that link? Absolutely. And I saw it in patient after patient after mm-hmm. patient as a functional medicine uh, practitioner with a focus on GI wellness and adrenal fatigue. It was, it was, yeah, pretty much everyone I worked with with chronic health concerns had these, these types of thought patterns as part of their history and part of their story. Mm -hmm. Yep. And what, what I noticed with the codependency thing for myself personally, because I, I, I'm from a family of codependents. Actually, let's back up. Let's back up. What is codependency (laughs) anyway? Because I heard a definition recently. I was like, Oh, that makes sense. But I'd love to hear, you know, kind of how you define it for people. Yeah. So 
I think about codependent thought habits, and I do talk about it as thought habits because I want to make it really clear that I don't think anyone's born like a codependent. It's a thing that we learn. And children are so brilliant and amazing Mm. and incredible Mm -hmm. that at some point in your childhood, you learn this thought habit as a way to survive in your household, in your society, in culture. And when we give it a label, like I am codependent, I am a perfectionist, there's no out there, right? Like when people say, you know, a lot of my clients say, oh, well, I'm just type A. And it's this way to sort of obviate the the need and the capacity to do the work. Like it's just not possible if it's the label of a fact of who you are. Mm -hmm. So I see codependent thought habits as the chronic habit of putting other people, places, and things ahead of yourself, ahead of your own wants, needs, desires. I see this a ton in healthcare providers like, oh, I'll go pee, but let me do these charts first. Exactly. (laughs) Right. My nurse patients or my, my teachers for sure, but they're also, they're taking care of other people. I have Absolutely. to like put down some rules. Okay, you have to pee while you're at oh work. Oh my gosh. <laughs> right? But I'm not there, so I don't know all the ways right. to make that happen. But yeah. Yeah. And but but isn't it noble to be that way? Ha. If only, right? It's like the ultimate selfishness. Mm-hmm. Thinking that other people need you. Uh, and this often comes from being a parentified child. So a child who had to grow up faster than was developmentally appropriate or who was put in a parent role as a kiddo felt they had to take care of the the adults in their house who maybe were not acting like emotional adults. Mm -hmm. And so they stepped in to try to save the day. And we carry that through into adulthood in our inner children. Uh, Again, this is brilliant and amazing and incredible in the child self Mm -hmm. and doesn't serve us as physiologic adults as, you know, as grownups, right? To be holding onto that childhood desire. Yeah. To be the savior, to be the saint, to be the martyr, to be in that noble position of proving your value and your worth through your own suffering. Mm. And it's a sense of victimhood too, isn't it? Because it's so dependent on the outside. Exactly. Yeah. We become our own victims and our own villains, which is heartbreaking. It is heartbreaking. And it can be healed. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. it's that's a roller coaster to have to deal with that of that constant. And also too, I think with the um, just so much with our social media and having that validation, it just feeds into it, right? Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who's got more likes? Did so and so like my post? Did my ex like my post? <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> I hear that one a lot. Like, oh, I. Why did she? Why did he? He didn't. She didn't. As mm-hmm. though it actually meant anything about you as a human. Mm. When did you first kind of get into, cause so, you know, you're trained in, in conventional medicine to an extent. So like, how did you kind of dive into more of this? Cause this is more kind of out there a little bit, you know? Yeah. I'm an epidemiology nerd by training mm-hmm. and my brain sees patterns always has. Yeah, and so I'm always, yeah, I'm always looking for the thread through, right? Like mm-hmm. what is the thing that these five folks, these 10 folks who have IBS, IBD, recurrent small intestine bacterial overgrowths, adrenal issues, thyroid issues, what's the thread, Mm. right? Because I give them, do all the right tests, get all the right blood work, give all the right supplements, all the right nutrition, rights in air quotes here. Yeah. And these gals weren't getting better. 
And so as I was doing my own healing journey and was recognizing the huge role of the autonomic nervous system, stress responses, trauma responses in keeping me sick, I started bringing that into the clinic and saying, hey, babe, what's, what's going on with this, right? Like when you think about your worth and value, what comes up? Mm. And the stories were so interesting because they were so often about everything other than the fact that these folks, all of us, are inherently perfect and worthy of love exactly as we are. Mm. Right? If I lose the 10 pounds, if I can get my thyroid under control, ugh, my gut just hates me. Mm-hmm. Right? Or, oh, you know, I was doing great, but then I went to my in laws and I ate her lasagna because I didn't want to offend her. Right. Right. And now Mm -hmm. she's in a lupus flare or, you know, like whatever the flare from that looks like. I'm thinking of a patient in particular. We've working together for years and years and it's like, it's just this people pleasing and it's Mm -hmm. like, she can't say, no, thank you. I'm not eating that or, or however Mm -hmm. she wants to, you know, whatever is the, the right way to say it. But I mean, you just, you have to be able to put yourself at a higher level of value, but there's those inherent traumas, right? So and so much of it is is under the radar. We don't even see that these things are happening and, yeah. and they're just directing so much of, of the day, right? Right. Yeah. And it does so much of it comes back to our socialization, what we learn from society and culture and capitalism and our families of origin and the patriarchy and all these stories about what a good girl is supposed to do. Mm-hmm. She's supposed to be quiet and eat what's on her plate and not cause a stir and not be rude and on and on, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So how do we get through this mess? Yeah. <laughs> well, it starts with it starts with self-love, which is a very tall order indeed, if it's not something that's ever been modeled for you or you can't really visualize. So mm. we sort of lay the groundwork of saying we're heading towards a conceptualization of radical, radical self-love and self-acceptance. It's, it's the where we're going to. Mm-hmm. And we start with awareness, awareness, acceptance, action. You cannot heal what you cannot feel. Full stop. Wow. And, right? It's powerful. That's mic drop. I think we're done with the show now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, great. Bye. Okay, that's such a good <laughs> quotable though. You cannot heal mm. what you cannot feel. So if yeah. you feel this sense of numbness, locked yes. up, don't yes. feel anything, I'm cool, whatever, yes. nothing can touch me. It's like, mm. right. Yeah. It's not locked up in there. Yep. Exactly. Mm. Yeah. The old, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. No, I'm okay. I'm fine. Right, that active shutting down, which often looks, if we're going to nerd about it, which I always will, that dorsal vagal shutdown where your autonomic nervous system is like, girl, no, don't do it. When you were a kid and you expressed your feelings, you got shut down so hard. Can you go into that? What does that mean? The the, the dorsal, go into that more. Oh, yes. Do you, is your, just checking in, is your pocket protector firmly in place? Because we're going to nerd hard. <laughs> yes, yeah? please. Okay, cool. Okay, great. So you, my love, have a vagus nerve. The 10th cranial nerve, the longest nerve in the human body, runs through most of you and me as animals. It's called vagus from the Latin to wander, and it wanders from your brain out through the middle of you as an animal. So the autonomic or automatic nervous system 
is controlled by the vagus nerve. There's two main branches, sympathetic, which is fight or flight, which is adrenaline, which is anxiety, norepinephrine. Oh my gosh, there's a lion coming. It's going to eat me and the entire village and everyone I've ever loved and dreamed of. And so when we feel that adrenaline surge, it used to be because lions, but now it's a ping on your phone when you're trying to focus. It's any email from your boss. It's a text from your in-laws. It's uh, your partner or one of your partners saying, hey, can we talk? Mm. Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> so many things in our modern life create that sympathetic drive within us that leads us to freak out. Our reptilian brain takes over. The the base of the brain and it has the one job and that job is safety physical safety meaning do not get eaten or smushed mm -hmm. so when that happens everything in the body just grinds to a halt because it makes sense are you going to pause to digest a cheeseburger if you think a lion is chasing you no good that's a very smart choice <laughs> <laughs> but if you're chronically in fight or flight for example, you're scrolling your phone while you're eating and you're in compare and despair, you're in people pleasing, your perfectionism is going wild because you're like, look at her, right? She's mm -hmm. got this life. She's got the baby I dream of. She's got the partner I dream of. Whatever your story is, mm -hmm. you literally cannot digest because science. <laughs> mm, because science. Because science. <laughs> right? <laughs> it's true. Mm. Yes. So, so basically it's sort of like that, is it that it's like that those nerve fibers become more developed and activated. And so then it's like, you have more of that sympathetic response versus the para or. Yep. What fires together, wires together. Right. So the more your body is experiencing these things in your life, like that email or that text as reason for freak out, the more your body's like, well, okay, she told me this was a reason to freak out. Let's freak out. Right. <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. And in that state, your thyroid doesn't work the way it should. Your reproductive hormones don't work the way they should. Like everything gets jacked, to put it elegantly. I mean, it makes sense. We know right? that stress is such a foundational piece. I mean, it really is the root of like everything. all disease. <laughs> so, yeah. so if you're spinning your wheels looking at, okay, I'm going to treat my gut, okay, I'm going to treat my hormones, okay, I'm going to do the brain or I'm going to do this or that. It's like, okay, but if the root of it is stress and it's grounded mm -hmm. in some traumas or some PTSD mm -hmm. or some patterns that are there, you're just going to be wasting your time a bit until that's addressed. That was my experience. I mean, I had blastocystis hominis. I took mm -hmm. multiple rounds of flagell, alinea, every supplement you can dream of. I think my blood was biocidin at some point. Wow. And it would go away, but not really. Not until I stopped and learned how to get myself into parasympathetic, particularly ventral vagal, which is the safe, secure, tended, and befriended part of our nervous system. And wow. from there, you can digest. Like, that's when that happens. That's mm -hmm. when you have good sleep, thyroid, adrenal, reproductive function, um, good creation of hormones from cholesterol. I mean, on and on. Wow. So you can take fistfuls of probiotics, but what's going to happen to them if your adrenaline is giving you diarrhea? Right, 
right? Or if you're in dorsal shutdown, which is the second aspect of parasympathetic and our bodies go to there when we've tried to outrun the lion, it's just not working. And That's just freeze, right? That's when freeze. you just freeze. Yeah. Like a possum. You're just like, oh, <laughs> I give up. Yep. This is useless. <laughs> right. And as a little kid, I remember just whenever I would play tag, I would just, ah, just stop. I just stop and like become <laughs> like a little turtle. You know, I'm just like, I'm not here. <laughs> oh, cutie. I love that. Yeah. yeah. But we mm-hmm. do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's really smart until it's not. Right. Right. <laughs> until you realize you don't have a turtle shell. Oh, man. If Dang only. It. Yeah. We should work on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that looks like depression. That looks like giving up. That looks like self-neglect. That looks like, fine, we'll do it your way. Whatever you want. Fine. Mm-hmm. Fine. I give up. Wow. Yeah. Makes my heart ache a little bit having been there, you know? It's a sad place to be. Yeah. Yeah. So for those listening that that are going, okay, hi, raising my hand. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So you said it starts with self-love and then what from there? What do you do? Awareness, acceptance, action. So in the US, we are very action focused, right? Just think of New Year's resolutions. Like, I think something's wrong. I will change it immediately versus, (laughs) right? Really pausing to ask yourself, let's say most common New Year's resolution, I'm going to go to the gym. Why am I not going to there? What does it represent for me? What's coming up for my inner children? right? Like what is my internal landscape saying that is keeping me from doing this thing that I claim to want to do, Mm -hmm. right? Right. And so what we get to recognize is that we have two parallel systems within us. We have the autonomic nervous system, which is the body up experience of safety or not safety. And it's it's binary, like it's black and white. And then of course there's nuance because we're animals but right is that system like what's going on with the regulation of that system and so we can do that work right to work on figuring out how to befriend ourselves Mm -hmm. um, how to call in our internal resources and to call on the people we love to help us co-regulate to bring us back into ventral vagal which is that tended and befriended part where we can feel loved and safe So that's about 80% of our human experience. And the other 20% is brain downward. So our cognition. And this is where frameworks like cognitive behavioral theory come into play. So that 20% of our lived experience, which is our thought, she won't love me if I don't do this perfectly, right? Mm -hmm. Creates a feeling within us. Molecules of emotion are released within us when we have these thoughts because our bodies love us. And so we take action based on those feelings, on those molecules, those chemicals, the energetic signature, and then we create a result in our own lives based on the action we took. Mm -hmm. So this is what I call the thought work protocol, looking at the circumstances in life, looking at the thoughts we chronically habitually think about them based in our youth, based on our stress, our trauma, our families, the feelings we create, actions we take, results in our lives. And so we can look at what our unintentional, habitual patterns are there and then decide the life we want to create using new thoughts to create new feelings while never, ever, ever spiritually bypassing and being like, oh, I'll just like put a new thought in there and then I'll feel differently. Like, mm-hmm. no, thank you. <laughs> 
I think you a gotta, lot of people try to do that. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. And they, yeah, that leads, that's like a one-way trip to fall on your face, Phil, USA, <laughs> which is outside Poughkeepsie, in case you were wondering. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Poughkeepsie. It's a great town. I don't know why I said that one, but it came to mind. <laughs> I don't even, where is Poughkeepsie? <laughs> like, upstate upstate okay, gotcha. New York. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like two hours north of the city. The Metro North goes there, I think. <laughs> yeah, it's clearly not an area of clarity for me. But, um, clearly. Yes. But, um, yeah. So, yeah, when we try to jump over emotions, your body's like, hold on a second, kitten. Like, n- no, no. <laughs> oh, how do we have a better relationship with emotions? Because they're, they're so annoying sometimes. <laughs> right. Well, I think we start with letting ourselves be annoyed. Mm. Like I was literally just on the phone before this call with a friend who just got some news about her fertility that she's not happy with. And she was like, it is so annoying that I'm dealing with this. I just want to stop being annoyed. Mm. And I was like, no, babe. Mm-mm. Right now you get to be so annoyed. Wow. Right. So think about little kids, you know, when they like stub their toe or they can't find their dolly or like whatever, and they run up to you, crawl in your lap and they start sobbing and they cry and they cry and they cry. (laughs) And then they just look at you and they're like, okay, I'm done. And then they're smiling. They're like, fine. They're like, Legos? You're like, sure, kid. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, crazy. (laughs) Fine, right? But but really, they, they got it figured out. Yeah. And we do too. Like the thing to remember is that lives inside us. Mm. Have you ever had that experience where like you rage it out or cry it out or just. Oh, I'm the queen of meltdowns. Yeah. Queen. Since I was a baby. I love the meltdowns. And then I'm great. Then I'm like, okay, I'm going to run around. Yes. That is called completing the stress activation cycle. Science. And processing an emotion, like just letting it move through your body versus demanding that your body listen to your brain when you're in an active emotion. Mm. But it's not going to work. Again, because science, like it's just not real. (laughs) Right? So how long does this process take? Can it be quick? I'll make it practical for me. So I'm like... I feel like I'm in a place where I'm just pretty wiped out right now, you know, mm-hmm. and just like, I'm, as I'm looking at my notes, I see that the next thing I want to ask you, it says spinning and anxious. So mm. that's just like drop, you know, came in my mind, but yeah, it's just, it's a lot of spinning. It's I'm, I'm uh, moving into a new clinic. I have a practice in San Diego. We're moving to a new clinic. Just found out that, you know, my, my, my house has mold. Oh, my, no. the clinic I'm moving into has mold. No. You know, I have a one-year-old. My dog has heart disease. I just found out. It's like it's, I'm spinning in all these different directions, you know? And it's like yeah. I feel like I can't process my emotions because I don't have time to. Right. You know what I mean? And, and I'm, I'm sure so many women can relate to this. There's so many, right. especially with all the quarantine stuff. There's home, you know, kids at home, people yeah. working from home. And yeah. I know that so many of you listening, and I've heard this from my patients and friends, you just feel like it's kind of like caving in on you and you don't have that ability to process, you know, kind of the, the emotions of it. So can we speak right. to that? Some yeah. There? So your thought here is I don't have the time for them for a meltdown. Is that what I heard? Yeah. Yeah. So if you close your eyes and take a nice, big, deep mm-hmm. belly breath, long, slow exhale, 
when we shunt that CO2 balance, we get into ventral vagal as we expand the belly, like with a nice, satisfying meal. So from ventral vagal, from that connected in place, when you have the thought, I don't have time to have these feelings, how do you feel in your body? Yeah. I feel like compassion for myself, actually. Like I'm a mm. little girl and I just want to like hold myself, kind of like what I do with my son. I just want to yeah. give myself that. Yeah. Do you feel any overwhelm? Totally. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was sort of feeling from from your tone. That's actually the word that popped up for me. I think uh, last night or this morning, I was like, overwhelm. That's a word yeah. I felt a lot because I want to do all the things and do go to all the places and learn all the things. And yeah. I'm just like tinkerball flying around. Yeah. So when you're feeling that overwhelm and that's what's racing around in your body, what's the action you take from that sensation of overwhelm? I just move quickly. Yeah. I do, do, we do, th- do a lot of things. Yeah. Do you ruminate as well? hundred percent. Yeah. So when we move quickly, do we do things well? No. Yeah. So when you're having the thought, I don't have time for these feelings and your body is flooded with the chemistry of overwhelm, the energy of overwhelm. The action you take is to move quickly, but not do things well, which I'm imagining means you often need to redo them Mm -hmm. and to ruminate on this story about not having time for the feelings. What's the result all of those actions create for you in your life? Fatigue, health problems. I think that's the the main thing. um, And I think it's a lot of feeling of guilt Mm, and there's shame that's there too. And I talk about this on my show is that because as a doctor, there's this pressure to have it all together. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the, the thread through I'm pulling out here is that this, feel, this thought of not having time for these feelings results in you having to redo the things you did quickly but not well, spending your time and energy ruminating, feeling shame and guilt, having fatigue and health problems, which creates the result of not having time to process the energy of these feelings through your body. Mm-hmm. So it's self-fulfilling in its own way, yeah? Well, what it feels like is it feels like everything is, it has like a dot, dot, dot at the end, like nothing is mm. done. So yeah, yeah. so it feels like it, it snowballs. And then, sure. you know, I was just telling my brother yesterday, I was like, I feel like by the time I finish my life, I'd be like, okay, that's when I figured out how to like do life. <laughs> and then right. it's over, you know, yeah. so it's just realizing that having that compassion and um, yeah. But I think I just... I don't know if I need to be okay with having nothing complete or just finding a way to structure things where I can slow down and complete things. Yeah. <laughs> well, the, both. The, yeah, exactly. The beautiful thing is that you get to choose. One of the frameworks I'm super obsessed with because it's really helpful for me and my clients is the concept of equal airtime. Mm-hmm. So I found myself at the beginning of COVID as a healthcare provider, as someone in New York City, someone very connected with the Latinx community here. Like my brain kept racing to like all the abuelitas in the Bronx without food and all the undocumented cleaning ladies with no work, which me, you know, my brain was just racing and overwhelmed about all these stories, all these problems, right? Just really 
had a challenging time. And what I needed to recognize was that those worries, those fears, those feelings, that upset was seeping into everything when it wasn't given its own loving energetic container. Mm -hmm. So what I decided to do was to literally put space on my calendar that I call cry fest, <laughs> mm. right? And every day there's like this blocked hour of time in my morning where it's me and a journal and my tea. And I ask myself, what feelings are in this human animal? What feelings need to come up and out for my wellness, one, and so I can be of service to and so when I give myself that dedicated time and hold that loving space for myself, I cry it out. Mm -hmm. I whine it out. I rage it out. I, but I let it out. Mm -hmm. And in so doing, it releases so much of that overwhelm that rumination carries throughout our day. So when I feel a feel come up in the, the middle of a work afternoon, I can remind myself of the thought that I have chosen ahead of time with my prefrontal cortex to feed into my physiology. And I have it on a million post-its around the house. <laughs> Your feelings are valid. There is time to feel them all. So I lovingly, gently let my inner child who's feeling so overwhelmed, so wants to spend time and energy ruminating, rolling in shame and guilt, right? I should be doing more. Why am I not doing this, et cetera? Right. I give her the time and space to just like ugly cry. And so I let it out of my physiology like your son does when he like has an ouchie and you kiss it and he cries and then it's all better. So we get to be friends with our brain, with our inner children, with our nervous system. And we get to say, I see you, sweet one. I see you and I know you're suffering and I know you won't think sweet little brain, that if I spend all day ruminating in this overwhelm, somehow things will be better. But I promise you it's not true. It has been so healing for me. Mm. As a kiddo, it was scary to feel my feels. I, I didn't know what would come of them, how they'd be received, what I'd get told. And so I get to show up now as my own best and most loving parent to let my little ones know that I can hold a safe container for all of this. Mm -hmm. And that overwhelm comes from having too much in your brain and telling the story that you have to perfectly manage it all in order to please all the people other than you. So we back up. We do some profound self-love. And I make space to write it all down. Get it out of my brain. Brains aren't for lists. <laughs> That's not what they're for. They're, they're very lousy list keepers. Yeah. Does that feel helpful? Very helpful. As you were talking, I had a couple of tears come down my cheeks. So it felt nice mm. to be able to tap into that and let it come out. I'm so glad. Yeah. yeah. I really want to 
if I have some time today, I want to get out in my backyard and just move. Like I feel this desire to just sort of like get very primal and just move and guttural and like get my, my voice going and yes, release. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I would, I think that's a beautiful thing for you to do. And you know, for, for you guys listening, going, I I don't have time for an ugly fest or cry fest. Like maybe, maybe you just put on a song that really gets you tapped into that. You know, if you have that tearjerker song, you play it and and you just feel. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to lay out an hour. I mean, (laughs) the right, like that's often ridiculous, right? Mm -hmm. It can be three minutes, like iron and wine's naked as we came. Who's not crying, right? (laughs) Like whatever it is for you, but giving yourself those three minutes, those five minutes, whatever you need to feel into the feels. Because that story, I don't have time for these feelings, leads to the result Mm -hmm. of not having time for your life. Right. Right. Because you're feeling overwhelmed, moving quickly, but not doing things well, ruminating, having shame and guilt, fatigue, health problems. Mm -hmm. So the antidote, the remedy is to make time for the feelings because they are your primary concern as a living mammal on this planet. And second, like from a super practical point of view, I mean, I'm a nurse, right? Like we are practical animals. Mm-hmm. You're not going to get nothing done if you're mm-hmm. like f- half floating in your feels. Right. Like it's just, it's a time suck that you don't need. Mm-hmm. I would mm-hmm. love to know, for you, because you are a nurse, actually, my best mm. friend is a nurse too, so I'm a nurse, and it's crazy the stuff that I hear that she experiences. And, yeah. um, and I've seen this with other, you know, health providers that sometimes they do get so jaded and so traumatized by all the things that they experience that it's hard to tap into that, right? So, like, let's say you do have a job like like what you're what you have, and it's this constant exposure and this really high stress. So do you have any particular, you know, tips to being able to stay connected to your heart and not get that checked out type of thing that we talked about? Absolutely. Uh, I remember I went to Haiti right after the earthquake. It Mm -hmm. feels like a thousand years ago now. Right. No kidding. Right. And I, I didn't have the toolbox I have now. And I came back a little shell shocked to be real after like a week and a half or two weeks there of being on 24-7, seeing You're some bad. really horrifying things, the results of 400 years of colonialism and slavery and mm. when houses collapse on you in the middle of the night. Um, and what I know now is how vital it is to, first of all, remember that nothing is about you in the best sense of the word. So as a functional medicine provider, particularly at the beginning of my career, I used to get really frustrated if people weren't quote unquote compliant, right? Mm -hmm. Like if I'm like, oh, I just spent an hour telling you to do this, this, and this, and -hmm. she's not doing it. So really stepping back, pulling your ego out of it, right? Not making things about you right? Um, was really helpful in terms of like, you know, you mentioned trauma nurse, like more raw exposure, secondary trauma, right? The trauma of being exposed to other people's trauma. I think the most important thing is really to get into our bodies as often as possible. Yeah. So whatever that movement looks like, right? Like you going in the backyard and like, 
hands and knees like a cat, like mm-hmm. growling and yogaing and getting mm-hmm. guttural, really activating the vagus nerve, which we do when we sing, when we talk, when we hum, mm-hmm. right? It activates the throat chakra as well. Uh, convenient overlap there. Mm-hmm. Um, but doing everything we can to complete that stress activation cycle, meaning to recognize like, oh, I am getting sympathetically activated right now. And so I get to actively bring myself back to ventral vagal, which can look like, um, well, co-regulating, I think is the most important thing. So taking the time and really prioritizing checking in with others. So finding a friend on the floor or, you know, who teaches in your school or who also, I don't know, drives an ambulance or is also a parent who is parenting 24 seven when they did not sign up for that. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. That was not the social contract. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But really connecting in with other people. And what I think is really important is getting clear first for yourself what your needs are. Because if you just call a friend and start telling the story, you might not get what you want. So I talk a lot about giving and getting emotional consent. So getting really comfortable saying to a friend, and the friend who called me right before the show is like, hey, babe, can I call you? But like, can you just not say words? And I was like, absolutely. Like, yes. Right. So like, hey, I just really need to be heard or like, okay, wow. Can you give me all of the advice? But seeing someone's face, which is really challenging right now, if we don't put effort into it, Mm -hmm. uh, that is the thing. Seeing a sincere smile where the eyes crinkle and the the cheeks lift. That is one of the things that gets us into ventral vagal with the most uh, efficiency, the quickest. Mm -hmm. So having someone on tap with whom you can do that. So Mm -hmm. I know I can call Becca if I'm like, hey girl, I'm having a hard time. Can we FaceTime for like five minutes? And I'll see her big smile and my body will start to relax. Mm -hmm. And then I know Becca will say something like, how can I support you right now? Mm -hmm. Which usually all it takes is that. And then I'm like sobbing on the floor. (laughs) (laughs) That's all you had to say, girl. That's it, girl. That's it. Thank you. Bye. Okay. Bye. Bye. Done. Okay, cool. Like really, it's the like, you know, inner child uh, from the adult self equivalent of like crawling in someone's lap and like having your hair pet until all the scaries are gone or all the ouchies Mm -hmm. are gone, you know? Right. And we can do that for ourselves and we can do it for each other as adults. Mm -hmm. And it's so important to really refine your capacity to do both. Yeah. Right. I, uh, I love all of this. And I, I'm thinking back to something you said um, earlier about selfishness. Um, mm. And it reminds me of a post I saw yesterday on Instagram that was comparing. It was on Dr. Caroline Leaf's page. I'm, mm-hmm. She's my new obsession. No, she's and great. Oh, gosh. And, then, and she had a comparison. Um, it was actually a repost that she did. But it was a comparison of empathetic listening compared to dismissive listening. And it, it was a big eye opener for me. I was like, okay, I've definitely been a dismissive listener and I've always had such good intentions. Um, but these are different phrases that are listed here. I thought they were really interesting. So, um, and it says in parentheses, I want to fix you. That's the dismissive Mm. listening. And it's, it says, these are responses that you could say to someone, it could be worse or, oh, don't be upset or you'll be Mm -hmm. fine Mm. or 
or um, you should read such and such or listen to so-and-so or follow so-and-so. I totally get it. One time when I was dealing with this or that, or the same thing happened to my friend, or what if you try this? I mean, I say those things so much Mm. (laughs) and it made me go, that's so interesting because I know friends that say those kind of things and it, it's really nice and everything, but it kind of leaves you feeling sort of dissatisfied at the end of the conversation. Whereas yeah. these things, empathetic listening, these are different phrases. I'm just simply saying I'm listening or that yeah. sounds heavy. And in parentheses, it says, I want to hear you instead of yes. I want to fix you. That says, how can I show up for you moving forward? Or is there more? I love that question. Is there more? I'm like, oh my gosh, there's always more. It's so more. good. There's always um, more. It sounds like you're saying blank. Is that accurate? I'm here. Um, what did that make you feel? Um, so I just, and, and actually it's so funny. There's a dot, dot, dot that's there <laughs> as one of the responses. Oh. So it's sort of like giving that space for more to come. And, and what ends up happening is the person processes the stuff in the way that they need to. Right. And then at the end they're like, okay, I'm good. It's sort of it's almost like they sort of shake it off and they're good. Um, right. And that's the power of, of empathetic listening. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's really letting go of that patriarchal, paternalistic, colonialist framework of like, I have to fix people. Or even like underneath it, I can fix people. Mm -hmm. I know what's best for you. I know better than you do what you need. Ouch. Nope. Yeah. I don't want that. No, thank you to that. Yeah. Yeah. But when we're raised, when in childhood we don't feel agency, when we don't feel like we can speak up and be heard, right? It's it's really challenging to know what we want and need from a beloved friend, right? Right, and so we get to show up with love for the people we love and model this kind of listening, and actively name it, right? Like, hey, babe. I'm really working on empathetic listening. It's always been my habit to be a fixer, which I did a recent episode of my podcast, the Feminist Wellness Podcast, about that fixer mentality, mm-hmm. right? This has been my habit my whole life. And I just want to let you know, I'm, I'm really working hard to do it differently. And I, you know, I talk a lot about how intent is important. Intent matters and impact matters more, right? Mm-hmm. So, hey, I'm sorry. I recognize the impact of that habit may have been painful or harmful for you. And I love you and I'm sorry I did it that way. And I hope you'll give me a chance to do it differently. No, it's, it's wonderful. And also anybody, you know, listening, if this is something you resonate with that you've been doing this and just noting that it, it's, it's coming from love, you know, and having that compassion for yourself. It's just a learned behavior. Exactly. Um, and we can unlearn stuff, which is really cool. How cool is that? So cool. Um, let's just touch real quick to finish up yeah. on boundaries. Mm. I love this. And it's, I know it's intimately connected with, you know, the codependency and being able to yes. set that up. Yes. I know that boundaries are tricky because especially for someone like me, where you've overextended yourself to fix and do all the things. And then now it's like having to um, put boundaries in place for kind of both sides of the exchange, like overstepping stuff towards right. someone else. And then for myself, like being able to put those, those things in place where I'm able to have that container and, um, and start to put my needs first too, you know, right. but sometimes there's almost this knee jerk reaction. Like I got to do this, I got to do that. And it, and it can come across like a short fuse. 
right? So can you talk to, to our listeners of how to start to implement healthy boundaries that doesn't feel like a knee jerk reaction of, of, of that, if that makes sense. Right. So awareness, acceptance, action, (laughs) really stepping back first and asking yourself why you want to set the boundary, why it matters, like what it means to you internally. Are you really like, is the energy of this self-love care for yourself, care for the other person, care for the universe, or is there something else at play, a power play control? right? Because those elements can be there too, for sure. Mm -hmm. So really doing that check-in and running it through that filter of asking yourself, why am I doing this? And then my favorite question, do I like my reasons why? So when I talk about boundaries, we need to always recognize, as, as you just laid forth, the internal and the external. So you may set the external boundary, you know, I'm going to, or like a limit, I'm going to talk to you about this for one hour. After that, I need a break. And so then it's incumbent upon you to keep that internal boundary. And I, I feel like this is like the final frontier, like this is seminar level learning when it comes to healing from codependency um, and taking back your mind from these thought habits. Um, but really knowing that if you don't take care of yourself when the clock ticks over to the next hour, no one else is going to, right? It's not anyone else's job in that moment to uphold the boundary that you set. Mm-hmm. So you right. get to speak up for you, to take care of you, to say, hey, babe, at an hour, we were taking a break. I'm going to go take a walk. I'm going to go outside and breathe for five minutes. I'm going to do whatever the heck I want to do. And not feeling bad about that transition too, because as I know for myself, as it comes up five minutes or a minute and then it's, yep. it's done, it's like, oh, I'm just going to, oh, I'm just, we'll just talk a little bit longer. Right. Yeah. Right. And what that then brings up is resentment. So mm-hmm. resentment is when we take something personally and the ego gets involved. And the ego's a number one job because it loves you is to defend you. And so when we resent someone, meaning we feel they've done something against us, we will snap, we will lash out, we will be irritable, we will be unkind, we will be angry, irrational, right? We will get into a defensive, sympathetic, fight or flight, adrenaline energy. Right. So I love talking about the ego like that. The ego loves you and it defends you. It's such a cool way of thinking about the ego. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no ego, no sense of self, right? Like what is a psychotic break? Mm -hmm. Right. So I love my ego. I just invite it to hush here and there. (laughs) Just hush, darling. Just take a back seat there. Mama's got this. But uh, let the heart lead for just a minute now, darling. But uh, (laughs) yeah. So So when I talk about boundaries, my framework, what really works for me is if you, then I. So if you do X, then I will do Y. So um, wait, I don't know. Do you remember this thing called having friends over? Yeah. Do you remember that? <laughs> they, they came from outside your house. Do you know that what I'm talking that's about? That's like archaic. Do you remember that? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I'm like kicking it old school. Mm-hmm. So you're dating yourself here. 
I'm sister, please. I mean, I was also listening to KRS one this morning. So oh my gosh. Right, right. Uh-huh. I, have to, I have to put that on later. That's not, maybe I'll do send that you. with my with my primal dance in the backyard. Oh my god! I sw- I will send you my please Spotify do. playlist please the do. second we are done. It's like yes. all from that era, right? It's like Tribe Called Quest. Oh KRS man! One. Oh so man! So good, Mr. Dabalina, Mr. Bob Dabalina. Wow. I mean, come on, right? Wow. So we are old, and it's great. I'm a hip hop head. <laughs> yep. Yeah, back in the day, we would buy magazines, yes. Source, Double XL. Like I'm, oh. I'm all about the old school rap and hip hop. So we, oh we'll God, we'll vibe on that. that. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. All right, I will DM you that immediately. Okay. okay. But wait, what were we talking? I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> you oh said if you, then I. If you if you do X, then I'll do Y. Right. People coming into your house. So I live in New York City, which is the best place on earth, but also the most disgusting uh, in terms of, oh my God, what is on the soles of your shoes? Right. So, <laughs> right. So like, I love you and you are not coming in my house with shoes on. That's if true. you come to my house, I will ask you to take your shoes off. If you decline to take your shoes off, then I will invite you to not come over to my house. Like I will let you know the boundary. Mm-hmm. I Finito. love how you express that. It's like, oh, it's, thank you. and I'll invite you to not come over. Yeah. yeah. I'll just invite you to go to somewhere else that is not my house with my rugs. Your house. Yeah. Right. You could, yeah, you could wear your shoes in your house if you, if you're gross, right. but like no judgment, but like if you're gross. <laughs> just the facts, no judgment. Just the facts, no yeah, judgment. That's objective. Totally. Yeah. Oh, super objective. <laughs> Oh man, I oh. love this. I just want to vibe with you all day, but um, I know that, you know, time and yeah. science. So, what is time? What I is mean, time? who even knows? I mean, the shamans know, but it's dumb and gross, but what is it? What is it? Who um, even knows? <laughs> but I, let me wrap things up. I love this, this topic. I think that this is one of those you listen to like four times and not five, not three, four. You have to listen to it four times. And, um, but you have a program for, for those who want to deepen this experience and really dive into this because it's not a quick fix. It's a process and it's an unlearning of things. And it's taken a whole life to, to develop these different patterns. And it's also learned. So you get that passed down. So it's deeply ingrained and, um, and it's something that can be rewired and, relearned and and you know just changing your brain is it's there's neuroplasticity it changes you can literally restructure your brain in these pathways and so you can develop you know like the the nerves you said the nerves that or the neurons that fire together wired wired together fire together yeah yep exactly so that's what it's about and it's it's literally restructuring your brain so can you tell people a little about it it's um the feminine wellness guide to overcoming codependency, right? That is it. Yeah. So it's a six month high touch, really intimate course. So uh, it's a small group. I usually keep it between 10, 12, 14 people. Uh, and the focus is on women, uh, human socialized as women and gender non-binary folks. And so we come together, there's a Slack group. So folks can get coached by me literally every single day, which is so amazing. 
That is amazing. It's so much fun. And we meet once a week on Zoom and do a live coaching call. We do breath work together as a family once a month. We um, bring in, I bring in all sorts of cognitive behavioral methodologies, positive psychology, holistic healing, somatics, uh, somatic experience. I bring all of that in to build this course where folks practice attending to themselves, mind, body, and spirit. Um, there's meditations, visual Visualizations. It's it's really thorough because it's what folks need is that real everyday handholding. Because like you said, you learn to do this by hearing it every single day in your household of origin. Yep. So it yep. takes a real dedicated, committed effort to undo those habits. But Doc, I gotta tell you to watch these women change their lives. Like I. I often close the Zoom calls and just sob with joy because I know it's so like tender and perfect and beautiful and <sighs> that was a beautiful yeah. exhale. Oh, That's, thank you. You're, you're yeah. clearly doing what it is that you're meant to be doing it. here and making yeah. such a huge difference. And thank, oh, thank you. you, thank, thank you, you for you. having that courage to to oh. come from the heart. Because it truly does take courage. Um, Thank you. That's where the power comes from. So Agreed. Yeah. 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 So starting in September 2020, another group coming in. All right. And how do people uh, jump in on that? Yeah. So uh, you can follow me on the Instagram, Victoria Albino Wellness. If you want to learn more about the masterclass and there's a short application to get on my schedule to talk more about it, that's at Victoria albina.com slash masterclass trying to keep that simple yeah um and then my podcast is called feminist wellness it's on apple Podcasts, stitcher spotify pandora youtube it's on all the things and it's free every single week yay, yay. love it awesome love well, thank you so so much victoria for coming on the show and such a um, pleasure looking forward to that krs1 dance party later I'm going to send it your way. (laughs) I'm pretty excited. Me too. All right, girl. Talk soon. You are so great. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Dr. Low Radio. Thank you so much for joining us. And for more after the show, you can head over to drlowshow.com where you can find the show notes. Be sure to subscribe to the show and share with all your friends. And please head over to iTunes and leave the show a five-star review and leave a comment. I read each and every one and they warm my heart. Thank you so much again for joining us. I promise to keep bringing you fun, inspiring, empowering content. Until next time, lots of love and I'll talk to you soon.